When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Go Big Redcast, the Husker Fan Sports Show with Dave, Honky, Mac, and Boomer. Welcome to the Go Big Redcast. I'm your host, David Gaspers, and I'm with Honky. Shame on any Redcasters out there who had doubts after the Gophers scored 22 straight. Personally, I stayed cool and calm in my unending support of our beloved Huskers. I'm sure you did, Hunk. I'm sure you did. I'm also with Mac. What's up, Redcasters? The drought is over. We brought home the victory, and we blew the doors off it on the in the process. What a fantastic day. Finally been able to watch some film and not cringe. This is great. So happy. <laughs> and I'm also with Boomer. Well, now we know what Bill Murray was doing here a couple of weeks ago. He had a license to kill gophers, and he shared that with us. <laughs> nice. Very nice. Uh, yeah, it, it was probably the, the most fun I've had on a weekend in about, oh, I don't know, 357 days or so. Um, Nebraska finally got that big W. We knew it was going to happen eventually, and I think the players knew it was going to happen eventually, and uh, Saturday was the day. Uh, Honky, uh, your kind of warm, fuzzy feelings on this exciting uh, moment in Husker history? <laughs> yeah, it's kind of hard. We've been doing this since uh, April of last year, and I'm not sure we're really prepared to talk about a victory, but hey, it's it was been a, great... a while. I forget what it's like. Oh, it was a great victory. It was a great weekend all around. Uh, it, it started with uh, on Friday night. Boomer and I we went down to Blue Bloods and met up with the uh, the chair trophy guys, the five bits, five dollar bits of broken chair guys, and uh, they raised over ten thousand dollars. Wow! Uh, the chair is staying in Lincoln, um, so it, it it was just a it was a great chance there to to get to meet those guys and also got to see Justin from the Husker fan football podcast always good to see uh you know our our fellow brothers out there doing the podcast thing so i don't know uh, boomer what'd you think no i thought it was a good time uh, you know got to meet like you said the the five dollar bits of broken chair people some of the loyal redcasters were also there at blue blood so got to hang out with them that was enjoyable time and really i i think you know one of the big things that went into this week was the fact that we did hang out with a trophy you know, inspired by an internet parody and a man in a gopher costume. So, you know, I think we could take a little credit for the turnaround this week as well. So. That's true. Uh, well, it sounds like we're rolling right into scarlet-colored glasses here. Uh, you know, I, I think we just want to kind of talk about how uh, good it feels to finally get that monkey off of our our uh, backs and, um, you know, kind of embrace uh, the frost effect here. Mac, uh, you know, what were your initial feelings as the game was going on? I think we were up twenty-eight nothing, and you were like, "I, I don't want to like trust myself quite yet because I feel like it's like I'm out in the dating, you know, circuit again. And I don't want to get hurt almost, right? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, that was that the, was great. Yeah, it was just like, do do I dare love again? You know, can, <laughs> can I trust this lead? You know, do, do I put myself out there and, and and risk being hurt again? You know, and that and. <laughs> And I finally, I was telling my wife, you know what? 
I'm going for it. It was like it was at halftime, you know, and it wasn't. You mean, it wasn't you, mean the you best. told your wife you're going for the the game, not dating again, right? Okay. <laughs> she understands wise. me. Okay. You know, <laughs> it's it's not un, it's not completely dissimilar from that kind of love. But anyway, <laughs> yeah, I, 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 we came out so strong and and we looked so crisp and not getting in our own way and, and both sides contributing, you know, special teams up and down a little bit. But, man, probably the most fun I've had watching a game. And But it's true, like what you said, because it was, it was do I fully buy in? But if I could have bought in from the beginning of the game, you know, if this was pre-2008 Matt McGuire Husker fan, <laughs> I would have been loving this game from start to finish. That's how good we played. But, you know, because of our jaded nature as a fan base, I felt like I needed some time. To heal, Mac. I th- I think it's the full serious tunnel walk. I think that's the difference. Oh, that's a good point. Yeah, I mean, that, well, yeah, I, I that is not going away. That's clearly clearly back. It feels like because it resulted in a W finally. Honk, did you have the same sort of, sorts of feelings, especially when we let them back in the game after you know twenty two points there? Well, I mean, it, it definitely we needed to have an offensive response to those twenty two points, and that's exactly what they did. I think that was a four play drive. Again, I mean, Maurice Washington was actually the back on the field for that drive. So we're talking freshman to freshman, basically, getting us back, you know, moving down the field. And then they do that little rollout right, throw it back left to, to Morgan. We had multiple receivers, uh, you know, getting involved in the game. Obviously, the three, the three runners for over 100 yards, um, they couldn't stop us. They, they just flat out couldn't stop us. And we're finally starting to get points to go along with the, with the, the yards that we're getting. And so... Uh, but I also want to give a shout-out to the fans because not only did they show up for an 0-6 team, they were there until the end of the game. And and yeah. and it's one of those environments I think it would have been fun to be in the stadium right at the end of the game. People seem to be dancing and happy, and, and it was a celebration, and I think we're going to get a few more of those here this year. Yeah, there was a ton of – there was a ton of progress on display for that entire game. The, the offense is – Efficiency coming out of the gate was was really apparent, and 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 across the board, you Divine came out running hard. Maurice Washington, when he got the ball, was great. Adrian continues to have this freshman campaign that I almost don't even want to talk about because I'm afraid to jinx it. And then the defense stepping up, going along with it. You know, I I don't know that we have any real difference makers on defense, but we are learning to play as a team on defense. Yeah. And 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 people are starting to trust each other and filling in holes. And and other guys like on the in the secondary are starting to trust their technique. So you 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 you've gotten glimpses of this the entire season. I feel like you can look at this and, and see progress on almost every front. Special teams are all up and down, but but. <laughs> You look at this, and you look at how the coaches have been talking and saying how close we are. If you can see it, you know, and, the, and them trusting the process. We've heard this for five years, but this is the first year I've actually started to see that manifest on the field. And that, to me, is the most exciting part of it all. I'm seeing what they're saying, and it's happening, and it's finally resulted in right. a win. And that's, Dave, when I can learn to love again. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Mac, uh, you know, that's exactly right. I know we're going to actually – do a little X's and O's uh, today with offense and defense, but just from that that buy-in perspective, I think we've finally seen these guys really buy in to the system. And I, I don't know what I was reading today, but it made me think of Lamar Jackson's performance. And I know he's still not probably up to where we think he could be, but it did seem like his his dramatic improvement over the last couple of weeks 
indicates kind of that buy-in from the, these players. And that is about how, how hard they're actually needing to practice. And so it's easier yeah. on Saturdays, mm-hmm. you know? I think part of the buy-in and part of the culture, and that those are words that we're, we're hearing a lot of, but I think part of this, it has to go with consistency. And when you think of Frost and his demeanor, it hasn't changed this season whether we've been losing or winning. He's been consistent throughout. And a week ago, we have a USA Today writer, and we joked about it at the time, you know, saying what the buyout would be for Frost. And not only is it asinine and absurd to write that, but, but it's the last thing that this program needs right now. On defense, think of these guys that are fifth-year seniors that have gone through four defense coordinators now. Mm-hmm. If you're a defensive lineman like Peyton Newell or Stoltenberg, you've been through uh, Kaczynski to, to Hank Hughes to, Papu- or to Perella, and yeah. now, you have, yep. now you have Dawson. Defensive backs have had a new coach virtually every year. The last thing we need right now is, it, you know, to go back a week ago, the last thing we need is more change. We need this consistency, and we need to do this again and again. Minnesota was a great game. It was, it was a, a great performance overall. They need to repeat and repeat and repeat and do it again. Strength coach, do the exact same offseason you just did. Do it again and again. And that's where I think when this thing flips, and Frost has said this, when this flips, it's going to happen fast. And I'm curious. I mean, I, we've got five more games this season. I'm, we're not throwing anything away. I've said this. We're mathematically eligible still for a bowl game, and I don't want to think too far ahead. <laughs> yeah. But but let's these next five games are important. Keep improving. You, you, well, and you look at the team, and and we were all kind of maybe looking to see if they were giving up on 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 the season because we kind of seen that before, and they've really have competed. And guys like like Lamar Jackson, like you pointed out, Dave, he had every reason. And we've seen guys who get demoted leave the team. And you wondered if he was going to be the next in that line, and he doesn't. He he kind of takes his medicine. He he grinds and he gets back out there and and plays arguably his best game. And it wasn't like they they didn't go after him. They went after him. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't like he he played perfectly. He still drew a penalty, but he kept he kept after it. And I mean, like that's the kind of stuff you're seeing that you it's almost it's almost like a foreign concept anymore to actually think of a Husker team improving as the season goes on because we're mm-hmm. just not seeing it but but honestly this year if you look at the line play was improved penalties were down secondary nobody's running wide open you know the balls are contested whether you're playing perfect technique or not but they're there you know, offensively, the schemes are working. You got Mo Washington; he's improving every week. Divino Zigbo is just just defying all expectations. Uh, Stanley Morgan's finally back in the mix. You Receivers know, like, are blocking. Yeah, I it's, mean, it's, it's 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 across the board, and it's what you thought it was going to be, and it's what you could kind of see it was getting to. But it, we are actually growing. You know, yeah. and that's that's the like when we when we were being honest with ourselves, we knew maybe we weren't going to win the big the Big Ten West. But we wanted to see improvement as as the season progressed. This is improvement. I was hoping it wasn't going to take no wins to this point, but <laughs> we're right. but, but that's we're right. getting better. Well, and that's and that on our end. I mean, we're being consistent with a year ago too. We talked about a year ago. We wanted to see progress, and that, and that progress just never it, happened. Right. We're, we want the same thing out of this year, and we're starting to see it. Yeah. No, I think that's good. I mean, I, so the buy-in starting to show up, uh, Boomer. Uh, I, Frost mentioned. I I don't remember when he he said this, but. Uh, you know, he said the, uh, uh, the effect was that the players had to see uh, finally that some of their mistakes were costing them games, right? And I think that Northwestern game where the penalties were just too much and, and et cetera, they, they finally realized that they had to clean up their, their act. We did finally cut down the penalties. Still, still had 
probably too many, but the yardage wasn't nearly as bad. Uh, that's probably a, a, a big part of the, the switch here. Minnesota actually did have a lot of penalties. We, were, we played a cleaner game. Yeah, and that's exactly what we saw here. This is finally what our offense can do when you're not constantly shooting yourself in the foot, making yourself go, you know, 60, 70 yards and stalling out and getting no points. I think, uh, yeah, Minnesota had more penalties than we did. Our offense looked good. You know, our defense didn't play a great game. Yeah, they gave up a lot of yards, but this time they didn't have to play a great game. You know, this is one of they those times. They did actually stop, stop the Gophers on third down occasionally. Yeah, they did occasionally. And nice. They had a, a big fourth down stop here and there. So, you That's know, true. they, did, they didn't have to over. play a perfect game finally because the offense played a good game. You know, McGuire, or, you know, Mac mentioned this a week or so ago, how we always felt we had to play a perfect game to even have a chance to win. And this shows what happens when you can just play a decent game. You know, just play a slightly yeah, cleaner game. And you can win bit, right? games. And we have the talent. It's there. You know, special teams was, yeah, you know, kind of, again, huh? defense is how, but offense showed what they can do. Now, can we do that week to week? That's what I want to see. And can we see what the off, you know, defense starts cleaning things up? What can they look like? You know, could you imagine if all three sides of the ball played a great game? <laughs> what this team would look like? My goodness, that'd be incredible. And I just, you know, one thing we mentioned with, you know, Adrian Martinez, just the stats he had in this game. What is the ceiling for this kid? I mean, where well, do we I'll expect him to be in three or four years? I, I mean, good grief. So. Giddy inside of uh, Adrian Martinez, I would say. <laughs> Fire away, huh? I, I, Keep it short within like five minutes or so. I'll just say that I feel like we're in a better position six months or eight months into the Frost era than at, at that position than I think Minnesota is a couple of years in. And and we are in really good position at that quarterback spot for, for years to come. And that's a solid thing. And it's not just Martinez. It is Vedral. It is even, even a guy like Bunch being a third teamer who maybe can earn that scholarship next year. We're solid at the most important position, and we're solid coming out of year one. That's that's progress. And, you know, I think, Boomer, kind of to your point, the, it's been a while since we've played a perfect game I, or even a really great one, it feels like. You know, I don't know if it's been 21 games of that, but it's yeah. been 21 games since we got a holding call, and yeah. that, that's helpful. What a stat. Well, I, I'll tell you what, Michael. Maurice Washington is one of the best young freshman running backs we've had in a long time, and that kid is an exceptional talent. But to speak to your point, everybody's talking about Martinez. He's overshadowing a guy that is really, really good based on his play, his maturity, his execution already. So it's kind of crazy when you say that. And it's not even really up for discussion. Nobody says, yeah, but he does this kind of nothing. It, it, I, again, you, don't, you almost don't want to jinx it, but I'm not going to live my life that way, Redcasters. I'm not going to be an in-the-shadows Husker fan anymore. Adrian Martinez... He's really good. He is really he, – look, he's really good. Now, so is Mo Washington. Now, we are going to break down the offense and defense specifically coming up. So, I do think while we're still in scarlet colored glasses, we can spend a few moments, though, on things that still need to improve. And, you know, we're far from perfect yet. But, it is, I mean, it's getting better across the board. Um, we still had real field position issues in this game. Oh, and our, we dominated uh, it, though. Our, well, we dominated because our offense, which we will get to, is really flipping good because yeah. of everything we just talked about. But we we can't keep getting the ball at the five and ten and fifteen yard line, and and expect when you're playing at Ohio State and at Iowa in those games that you're gonna that you're gonna um, you know be successful there. But to your point, we are overcoming that. Um, there are some awful Big Ten refing right now. I mean, I just flat out in this game there was, was a bad. number of plays that we we called out. But how about the Purdue game? Going back to that, 
that it, it's been known now that, you know, NU submitted like 16-some plays to the Big Ten Conference, and eight of them came back as, yeah, that, those probably shouldn't have been called. They're not, they're not penalties. You know, those matter. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it just really matters well, when you're when your team's struggling to find you know gra- those absolutely matter, and we're not making excuses or anything nope. like that. But uh, but it, it felt like especially those last six games here under the frost era is that we always got the calls against us and never got a, a call that really really broke our way, and that immediately flipped in this game because Minnesota answered our opening drive with their own opening drive that resulted in a touchdown. That got called back because it was the very first offensive holding against <laughs> an opponent of Nebraska for 21 conference games, which I don't know what that goes back to, but it's like three years. Yeah. Um, and that brought them back. They ended up not scoring, um, and that, that was a big difference. Um, and those are the little things that make a difference. A 7-7 game, it could, and we didn't score on our second drive, so it would have gone a little bit back and forth. It, it didn't happen. It was seven nothing, and ultimately we started to to get some drives going there. Um, yeah, just yeah, and, and big special difference. teams, Boomer. You're the coordinator, but I mean, I I'm seeing improvement. Yeah, definite improvement there. Pickering with a good kick towards the game that really kind of gave us a nice, comfortable cushion. I think towards the end. So you know, at least we know he can make those thirty yarders. So that's good to have. Uh, you know, the, the kickoff return that Minnesota nearly broke, that was kind of a concern. You know, right that when was we, not good. Yeah, right when we, you know, scored a scored to answer their little rally, we almost let them right back in, you know, with, with a return like that. At least we made the tackle. Uh, who was it that made the tackle on that? Gosh, Eric I can't Lee. remember. Eric yeah. Lee, that's right. Eric yeah, he, Lee. He at least showed hustle that, you know, after whiffing early oh, on absolutely. to stick stick with the play and kept him out of the end zone. So that was a definite plus there. we gotta got to tighten that up, though. Can't... Uh, can't give up free points. And to your point, Hockey, with the the, speci- uh, the starting field position this game, it was crazy. Uh, I think our starting uh, field position averaged on the 21. Minnesota was on the 38. So it was a 17-yard difference, and we still managed to. That is significant. Yeah, that it's is, incredible. We had a lot of drives. And we JD still managed was... to win the game, if that tells you anything about how effective well, our offense maybe... was in this game. Yeah, that's nice. Or how good the defense was. I mean, that's 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 pretty that's pretty stout. It's yeah. a combination. Yeah, that was that's, yeah. you're not going to see that too often, I don't think. You have a plus The special difference. team's funny, too, Michael, because like you see Maurice Washington, he is just on the cusp of it. And, I, and I'm really confident with, like, J.D. Spielman back there. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but it's, the coverage teams, they, they kind of scare you, you know. I, but I like the guys bit. that they have out there. I, I don't know. It, 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 it's, it's the next piece of the puzzle. But if you were to mm-hmm. – at the start of the season, the first couple games, you're like, well, the offense is inconsistent. The defense needs to get out the field on third down, and we're, we're committing too many penalties and blah, blah, blah. So a, lot of those, a lot of those areas of concern were checked off this last week. You know, and, and kind of and progressively, or at least they're getting yeah, they better. They are. They're all. They're all being addressed and getting better. Yep. So, I mean, I feel like special teams with its up and down week did have a few good ups. So, who knows? A couple more weeks. And uh, and for what it's worth, and Frost made some point about this a few weeks back after a game where he's like, "We fix one issue, and then a whole brand new one pops up that we weren't expecting." I'm seeing less new things pop up. I feel like we're finally at a point where. It's like we know what we need to fix. I mean, the, the and we are in process of doing that across the board. Yeah, I don't think there's yeah. anything new that popped up this week. That yeah, those shocking ways we found to lose football games didn't happen this time. So so that's good. <laughs> they really didn't, and that was the difference in the game. Yep. I mean, it, we, it was crazy. Yeah, they found ways to win. All right, guys, uh, great opening segment. Let's call that a scarlet colored glasses. 
Scoring explosion. The offensive breakdown. All right, fellas, let's talk offense with scoring explosion. Uh, This is going to be a fun one, guys, because there was a lot of fun out there in the field on Saturday. We had three 100-yard rushers. We had both J.D. and Stanley Morgan having big days uh, with uh, touchdowns and plenty of yards to to go around to both of them. Uh, Explosive plays everywhere. Uh, Honky, what were you most excited to see out of this offense there on Saturday? Yeah, I think it's what you're just saying right there about the five different players scoring touchdowns. That was just great to see. I mean, really spreading that ball around. Um, This is the reason why you don't redshirt Martinez, Mm -hmm. and I've had this conversation with with several people that said we should. Of course you don't. You need to have this kind of development out of of him this season. And the explosive plays, to your point, Dave, that came out of this, that's how you start to score a lot of points especially when you're having 80 and 90 yard drives like we were experiencing in this game. But what we were experiencing the first four, five, six games of the season were a lot of yards and a lot of plays, but we just couldn't get that big one. Mm. And they're they're starting to happen now. We've started to see them the last few games. Um, From a run-pass ratio, and you know me, I'm big on that, who doesn't like this offense right now if you're a Husker fan? 43 runs, 383 yards rushing against a team – that just held Ohio State to under 100 yards rushing a week earlier. Uh, 30 passes, so 43 runs to 30 passes. And when we are throwing it, we're efficient. I mean, yeah, no complaints. No complaints whatsoever. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, uh, Mac, before I let, let you go, I know, Boomer, you said you are taking the segment off, but actually could you do me a favor <laughs> and, uh, and look up uh, the uh, length of our possessions there? I know that we had a run where we just had – all of our touchdown possessions were really quick, except for that one in the fourth. So you want time or numbers of plays, Dave? Time, time. So all our possessions are just our scoring ones, or what do you want here? Yeah, yeah scoring possessions. Let's do that. Alrighty, uh, Mac. You know the 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 playbook was uh, kind of starting to get more wide open here. We're seeing a lot more uh, fun stuff get called out of uh, the frost uh, system. There was a Statue of Liberty, a fake off of that, uh, other fun stuff. Um, uh, it was a fun game just to watch from a, an X's and O standpoint, and it seems like we're busting some of those really big plays uh, more and more frequently. Yeah, it, when you look at when you looked at this the stat line, like like Honk was talking about earlier, there is just really nothing to complain about. Even a hard line Husker fan who wants you to run the ball, you're going to have a hard time picking out something and not liking it. And and the thing to me that was the most exciting was that everybody contributed. You know, the, Stanley Morgan had a day. J.D. Spielman had a day. Maurice Washington had a day. Devine had a huge day. And all the while, Adrian Martinez is just delegating and slinging the rock just perfectly. The offensive line was I – mean, I guess the tight ends didn't get a lot of catches, but uh, that's just one more element we get to add to later. And we put up these kind of yards. That It's impressive because – We've already seen a couple 500-yard days from this offense. We've already seen yeah. that. You know, like this offense has already shown the ability to move the ball. And now, like, this next step is points because due to yardage, you know. And, and to see them, you know, make that next step forward, it, it shows you that fundamentally and schematically we're going to be just fine with this. And now that our playmakers are to a point where we understand the scheme well enough that, that – you're not going to be able to just take away a guy. Good luck. 
You know, if, if J.D. Spielman's covered, well, hey, Stanley Morgan's not a bad option. Oh, just wait. Uh, Maurice Washington just did a wheel route, a wheel route out of the back field. Uh, he's going to be hard to cover. Meanwhile, Devino Zigbo has completely transformed his game to where a super elusive, like 5'10", 230 guy that's hard to tackle with, you know, top-end speed. I think you've said it. Give me a break. Have, have you seen a running back improve that never, much? Never. I've never from seen. From a junior to senior year. Never seen a, a running back get that much better. He is legitimately faster. And his, like the, the play yeah. last week against Northwestern in the hole where he leaned out, he almost scored. But his his move at the line of scrimmage to get free to even get close to that, that was that was a, an amazing breakdown kind of move. And Maurice Washington, you see it every week. It's getting a little longer. His runs are getting just a little longer. And the kid is going to be fantastic. So, yeah, and, and how satisfying it had to have been for the offense. How satisfying to, you know, have to, to be able to point to the, to the yardage and then also point to the scoreboard and, and, and make it make sense. Yeah, you and know, it finally equates. Yeah. You know, and we yeah. didn't kill ourselves when, it, when a big play resulted in a penalty. You know, like every time Divine broke that big one, and you're kind of looking around for that penalty. <laughs> you know, I'm yeah, like, we're still doing right, that, right? right? But it was it was fantastic. Yeah, it Divine, was fantastic. Divine it, looked a. Well, he looked divine, right? Yeah. I, I just, I, I, you're Noel right. I, I, divine Ozigbo Gallagher. That's what I call him. I, I cannot believe that's the same player, practically. You know, I mean, he's just kind of a nice workhorse, uh, and suddenly now the guy's kind of a game breaker. And I mean, part of that actually is the, the offense is is blocking for him, not just you're the sure? offensive line, but the wide receivers. Honk, you got to be happy with seeing some of that out there, huh? Oh my gosh! I mean, that 59 yard run that that he had, the block that. Both Warner and uh, Mike Williams had on it is that's what created it. So I'm seeing some of the best receiver blocking that we've had at least since the Pliny era, and maybe even starting to go further back than that. Um, I think one of the concerns that anybody has in this conference with offense is you're going to start to get into some weather games, and we saw that with Michigan, Michigan State this weekend. Sure. There are going to be games where weather plays a role, and so we have to be able to run the ball effectively, and we're seeing that. At the same time that I say that, and I'm run the ball guy, but at the same time I say that, that was a pretty windy game that day uh, in Lincoln. There's a lot of wind going around there, and to have the efficiency in the passing game with the wind, now it wasn't snow, it wasn't rain, but still 25 of 29 for Martinez is just insane. And one of the ways, and something that I don't think it's talked about enough because we are giving – so much credit to Martinez, and God bless this kid. I mean, he's the first one coming out and saying, I'm getting too much credit. He is. He's actually getting too much credit. One of the ways you catch 25 passes is your receivers catch the ball. That's and this right. is something that in a passing offense the last three mm-hmm. years that, that we experienced, and, and Keith Williams, and don't get rid of this receivers coach, he, and and all the guerrilla football stuff and all the, you know, the, the, the training things. Savage. Savage, whatever it was. We would drop balls all the time. And you catch 25 balls by having guys not drop them. And these receivers are catching the ball as well as I've seen them catch. I don't know. Maybe, maybe Martinez gets credit for throwing a catchable ball. Yeah. Yeah, 25, 25 of 29 and the receivers did catch, but they did drop two. So, like, yeah. you know, like, he's yeah, 25 seriously. of 29, and they dropped two. I, I would maybe Well, and one of them was a clear P.I. that Minnesota didn't get called on and stopped Thank the drive. You. That's yeah. true. I mean, literally, Thank he might have you. only missed one one actual pass. I and, mean, it, that's, how, that's how good it is. That's how good the scheme can be. And, yeah. and, and the thing with Martinez is 
for him to be operating at this level now. I mean, we That's talked crazy. about how much better could he get. I don't. Need, I don't even really know how to speculate on it. So, you, his stat line could not get better. Could he be more efficient? I don't even know about yeah, that. He could be a fifth-year senior, and I don't know that he can play a better game necessarily than what he just played. I think he can learn more things. Sure. For instance, for instance, I didn't realize you couldn't spike the ball with less than three seconds. That's new yeah. to me. So yeah, he's le- there's a lot of learning experiences. Again, a reason I'm glad we're not redshirting him right now. He knows that he can't bat the ball down like he did against uh, Michigan. He can't he, throw it super far to get a, get out of a sack. Yeah, because there, that, there's that, a learn. That That's will be an a, interesting one too. I think that was. I, the three second rule. I'd make. I'd like to know the the explanation of why that is a rule. It seems like you should be able to stop the clock whenever you can. But the the throwing the ball away as an intentional grounding, I thought was a bit BS because um, you can throw the ball out of bounds as far as you want, mm-hmm. uh, twenty yards over some guy's head, and it's fine. That's essentially what he did, except it was down the middle of the field. And he gets called. I I, I I question that, I guess. Yeah. I don't know. One guy that I know I, I would question his passing is Maurice Washington. He got <laughs> he got his first throw out there, and maybe that one's not quite. Uh, well, I think he waited too long. I think, he, uh, yeah. you know, it was a little bit of a, a flub there. Boomer, do you have those numbers on those drives? Yeah, I got some quick numbers here for you, Dave. Let's see. Overall. Average drive was, let's see, about five plays, 48 yards per drive. Uh, average about two minutes and five seconds. I'm crunching the scoring plays for you specifically. They're going to be pretty similar. They're averaging about, you know, five plays per touchdown. So pretty efficient. And most of them are under, oh, you know, a couple of minutes. And, five you know, plays But the real outlier on it, the only one that's really an outlier was the field goal drive. When we actually wanted to chew clock, they were able to put yeah. together a 14-play drive, which sucked up seven minutes. So, that's awesome. you know, that's like, what you want to see out of an offense right there, being able to score, put up those touchdowns when you want it, and being able to drain the clock when you want to. So, yeah, it's yeah, what Mac you want out of your offense. So, finally saw Boomer, it I'm glad you brought that up, too, because that was mm-hmm. something I noticed, too. You know, we, we had some questions maybe after the Northwestern game about game management, actual coaching mm-hmm. on the field, right, about how they were doing that. And you could tell – that in the second half, we were milking clock. And the other thing that I really liked is even if we took it down to that four or five second, however many times we looked over to the sideline to get in the right fit, those were actually pretty successful plays. I, the Stanley Morgan bomb uh, was after one of those one of those plays. They let the clock tick down about to four seconds on the play clock. So um, you see a little bit of evolution of the coaching staff too, but, man, well, and, improvement. And, Dave, I think – Maybe I, I'll impress you here, Dave, because I'm actually going to talk a little analytics for a second. Ooh, exciting. Uh, Spielman caught 72% of his targeted plays, which is incredibly efficient. I mean, that that's crazy. And the way that they were using uh, Spielman, I mean, so many different ways. They are lining up at receiver. They were having a motion. They had him in the backfield with a Zigbo. I mean, this is a guy that, again, we've talked so much about Washington. We've talked so much about Zigbo. We've talked so much about – about uh, Morgan for obvious reasons, and obviously uh, Martinez. But they're Spielman. They, they, can, they can mix and match him. And the other thing, and Dave, maybe you can explain this a little bit. There's these new grade outs that, you know, we're seeing all the time. That, you know, they're grading different players at different positions. Mo Washington was the number one graded running back in the Big Ten this last weekend. Not a Zigbo. It was yeah, Mo Washington. Yeah. 
And what yeah. and what is what are all those grades and you know I don't know all the details. Boomer might know even more than me, but I think it is about actually like efficiency and, and all those things. It's not just simply raw numbers, right? It's yeah, it, it's those deep stats and analytics, right? It's not just the the high level stuff. So you got they factor in tar- like how many times you were targeted. If you were, I know the reason that he actually outgraded ahead of Zigbo was he actually averaged more yards per play. When oh, he was targeted, right. and the other thing, his his pass pro was pretty good, and then that block that he made for Martinez when he broke right. that one wide, oh, they they, fact, they even factor in blocking on that stuff too. So uh, not that Ozigbo did bad, but but that just showed like the development of this freshman, oh. this this elite electric freshman that is being overshadowed by another elite electric freshman as at quarterback position. I it's mean, nuts. Go, go back through our Twitter. How much throughout. happier could you be at one and six? Oh, I'm pretty tickled, fellas. <laughs> Go back through our social media, actually Facebook and, and Twitter during the, the weekend, and you'll see we posted several videos, and one of them was that that scramble out and that that uh, Martinez had, and then and then uh, Washington makes that block, and Washington gets up from that block, and what's this is where you know a culture is starting to buy in. He got up and he was as excited as I've seen him because of a block he made for someone else. That is awesome. Yeah, I, cool. I know that. Um, I know that Walters has made a big deal with his receivers about no block, no rock, and that's how he's kind of got them to. If you're going to catch the ball, you're going to have to make a block first. Look at and Mike Williams, and you're seeing that with these guys. Um, we started to see a few other little. I don't want, even want to call them tricks, but just added things to the playbook this week: a Statue of Liberty, and then a fake Statue of Liberty, the touchdown run that Martinez had. What a cool little fake, and then kind of bootlegs out mm-hmm. of it. For a touchdown. I mean, those are new little things to the offense. And I'll tell you what, I would not want to be a defensive coordinator having to prepare for this offense right now. There are so many things that are coming at you. And the last thing, and I'm going to hand it back over to Dave here, but Martinez and OU's Kyler Murray going into last weekend, so I don't even know how the stat is updated since, but going into last weekend, they were the only two QBs in the NCAA to average 50 yards a game rushing and 225 passing a game. The only two, Martinez and Kyler Murray. And obviously, uh, I know Martinez isn't falling off of that stat. No, sir, he sure isn't. Yeah, no, that's uh, some great stuff there. All right, guys, uh, anything else on the offense? Just a real quick shout-out to the much maligned offensive line. Mm-hmm. Um, they did a really good job. It, the, 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 uh, you're starting to see... Martinez trust his line and the line actually giving him some time and you're seeing you're seeing an evolution there because he's hanging in that pocket at about the right amount of clicks and then he takes off but I mean you're starting to see him and it's really good I think at this point in the season we've only really played about six to seven guys in that line we've stayed healthy which is important and we've we've kind of got now this 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 uh combination of Farmer at center, you got Wilson and Foster at guard, and that seems to be working for us. And I think as as the season yeah. goes forward now, if that's going to be sort of our our rotation, that that that's going to be good for, going forward. Yeah, I, it's, it, this is their best week. They're getting better. So I mean, none of this happens without good offensive line play. So let's not yep. let's not pretend like they didn't do a good N- job. No bad snaps from Farmer. No bad snaps. That's a that's a huge part of it's our offense. Huge. And Wilson now really solidifying the right guard spot gives us three young guys, three sophomores that are now starting and coming back. And I guess to end the offense, Dave, uh, with five games to go this year, it's not impossible for Nebraska to have a 2,500-yard passer, a 1,000-yard rusher. Zigbo now is in position to do that. Right. And dare I say, we are not impossible to have two 1,000-yard receivers, not just one, but two. So uh, 
the you know the weather's going to get bad, but the offense is the best. The best play of the offense is yet to come. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, JD's already on on um, on target for that, and uh, Stanley just needs a, another big game or two, and we may see that this week against um, an overmatch foe in Bethune Cookman. All right, guys, let's uh, move on to the defensive side of the ball and throw the bones. Throw the bones, the defensive breakdown. All right, yeah, well, the defense, I'll tell you, man, this was a, a week where we started to really see some progress in some different areas than, than what I've seen before. And one of the areas was pass rush. And just to really break down some of the, what they're starting to do here, there was a third and seven. A couple of these, but on one specific one I saw, we had two down linemen. We had uh, uh, Khalil Davis at left end, and we had Ben Stilley at nose tackle. All That was it. Those are the only down linemen on it. And then we had two outside linebackers, Caleb Tanner and uh, Luke Gifford, that were lined up to the right of them. They were on the same side. And we blitzed three of them. I think we dropped uh, uh, Tanner out of it, and that was the sack that we got with, with Stilley. So we're starting to see some of the things, just like on offense, mm-hmm. we're starting to see some of the the different tricks and the and mm-hmm. the formations and things work well. On defense, we're actually in position to start to see some of the Shenander defense, some of the things that they want to run, actually get implemented. And uh, so you know we're starting to make some stops, sacks, and fourth down stops. Two things jumped out to me about the defensive play, and they were both on the kind of the quick quick change situations, not necessarily one of them, but, but the one time between Mo Washington and I, I think it was Mo Washington and then uh, Adrian Martinez on the mesh play and we fumbled. Yep, and, right. and the defense, you know, there's your quick change situation and that was, such, you know, like I'm starting to like, oh, no, here we go. And they stop them. We get the ball back. No points after that. And then on the kickoff, you know, when we're starting to separate and they have that huge kickoff and Eric Lee comes down and he stops that. The defense comes through again. You know, we get a pick, and it's 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 Diedrich Young, a much maligned, not unlike a Lamar Jackson guy who makes a play at the end. It, it's tip drill. It's what you see them practice, yep. and 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 like and like how how fantastic! Like this this last like this is such a big sequence. Eric Lee, because of effort and will, runs down, makes a tackle, and and denies a touchdown. That on was the, almost the a for sure yep. thing. And then the next sequence of plays. A tip drill situation results in a turnover that we get the ball and then we go down and I think we score. I think it's a field goal after that. You know, like the minimum swing of six points, but they could have scored a touchdown. Sure. And like and to, to, to point and say this is the difference between us losing a game and us winning a game is you made a play. You made a play in that last in, in those moments, and yep. it was a tip drill. It was something we practice all the time. This is something we stress, and you get it like. Literally on film, illustrate to your team why we do this stuff in practice. I mean, it's 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 such a momentum boost, and yeah. we never looked back. I think on defense, it doesn't take much to find guys that were much maligned throughout the season. Almost every player on this defense, at one point or another, has done something where we've all slapped our head, right? Well, a guy that just a week ago we talked about was Aaron Williams, and I I was I'm positive about Aaron Williams. You can go and listen to our show last week. I, I say I like how he has done overall, but boy, against Northwestern, that just wasn't his game. He just was off. But you know what? That guy came back, makes a tackle on a one-on-one out route. That was a great tackle. Yep. Makes a tackle in the backfield on the fourth and one. That's that right. Stops, stops their possession. That dude, 
he came back. Yep. And this is that, it's that resilience thing. It's, again, culture or whatever, buy-in, whatever you want to call it. But guys aren't quitting. If they have a bad week, come back and play better next week. Yeah. You know, and, and Williams is a perfect example in that. So that's awesome. I mean, good, good for him. Everybody got tested. Everybody got tested in that game. And, and for the most part, we answered the bell. It got a little shaky right before half. Then they got that first possession in the second half they score on. Um, we, you know, that's the first time on offense we come out and we stumble a little bit. You know, we throw that illegal forward pass, and then later in that drive we throw that bomb that ends up as being intentional to ground it because, you know, and then that's we, we stumble on offense, then they go down and score again. But, and then after that, our offense is back and ready to roll. Yeah. You know, yeah. I mean, that, that's the difference I see between yeah, what the Northwestern game was. I, th- I thought it was interesting since in the first half, uh, we kind of lucked out a little bit in that first drive because they they stopped themselves with a penalty. Mm-hmm. But then we actually, and I think they had like three third down conversions on that first drive. But then suddenly we were able to get off the field. We did some three and outs, and we were suddenly stopping them on third. That was awesome. And then the second half is a little bit different in the sense that it was the turnovers, right, Mac? I mean, Frost mm-hmm. has said it's like sometimes we just got to make the play. Right, we were in the right position. We just need to yeah. make a play. We made plays in that second half defensively. We gave up yards, but we made plays when it counted yeah. that resulted in a win. Absolutely, absolutely. In 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 the offense, when it was their time to shine, when it was there, you know, we come back and we it's a four play drive, about a, just a little over a minute, seventy four yards, and we score. Yeah. I mean. It, it, we haven't even had a chance to really see our defense play in these kind of situations in the game. We're almost always behind. We're almost always kind of chasing our tail, making some mistakes. And now we've got a lead, and the offense is clicking at such a level that it's got to give them a little more confidence to play. Yeah. Do we have big-time playmakers on defense? Still kind of waiting to see that. But what are we, what we are seeing is way better team defense. And, and, and however the score or the record is or not, we are tackling so much better this yeah. year than we were last year. I, I mean, agree, just agree. so much better than we were the year before. So, I mean, that, that's a good thing. So, we're starting to see some new guys get out there, too. And, yeah. we'll, and that's that'll be interesting yeah. with Bethune-Cookman. I assume that will continue. We're also getting to that point of the season where the four-game redshirt rule, expect to see some young guys. But in this game, Braxton Clark got two plays in. JoJo Doman, I don't know if these are his first snaps of the year, but he played eight snaps. And I feel like for, he's played earlier in the year, but yeah. I couldn't yeah, For what did, it's I worth, he, he was graded out best at safety for of any of the safeties, but, again, it was for eight plays. And a, uh, another interesting note was on the uh, depth chart today for Bethune-Cookman. They have Doman listed as an outside linebacker. So who knows? I mean, they're maybe they're in a position where they can start to kind of move some guys around, try some things. Um, I'm still curious. I'll, I'll, I'm going to keep saying it until the end of the season. I, Breon Dixon, at some point, I would assume, would, would get out there unless there's something that, that we are not aware of. So um, there's opportunities to get some new new blood on the defense. But but regardless, the guys that are playing, they're playing better. Um, yeah, we, we could see a lot of roster uh, tweaks here in this last quarter of the season because of the redshirt rule. So it's going to be interesting to see how that plays out. Yep. Well, let's move on to the uh, the social media and the mailbag that we have. And um, to start with the social media, again, we're on Twitter and, and Facebook and Instagram, uh, at GoBigRedCast. And uh, MySpace. It, we do. <laughs> I made a MySpace page. I didn't tell you guys this, but I've got a MySpace page. It's, I'm, yeah. It's totally unsponsored. It's just McGuire's like, like, stream, like- of, stream of consciousness, consciousness thinking. It's going to be awesome. 
you're on my top five or something. Um, <laughs> well, we have a, a trivia poll out there right now that uh, we have, uh, let's see, about 450 votes in. And basically, we're just saying with the victory over the Gophers, we're still mathematically alive still for the uh, bowl game. Um, how many more games do you think we're going to win? Do you think we're going to win five, four, three, or two? And basically, uh, right now, three is the, the number one with 32%. Four is second with 28%. And five is third with 24%. And throwing all those numbers out, basically 84% of the people think that we're at least going to finish four and six, which would mean that we'd have to be either... Four and either, eight, Honky, I believe. Four and, uh, four and eight, I'm sorry. Which would mean we'd have to either beat Michigan State, Iowa, or Ohio State to get to that point. So I think there's a lot of confidence that we're at least going to pull off one of those wins. And, and, and who the heck knows from there but um you know I, I think this offense gives people a lot of confidence right now that we can stay in the game with anybody that we're playing yeah I think that's right it's hard not to see uh, the offense keeping the team competitive in, in most contests I mean Ohio State should be the most interesting of those obviously um let's move on to the mailbag and and we have several mailbaggers and they've been contacting us over the uh our go big redcast at gmail account um we'll start with nathan lambert and uh he talked about how he liked uh, some of the, the the different trick plays that we've been doing so far uh do you think that we'll see more trick plays and fakes like this basically like the oh the stat, statue of liberty uh i personally believe that we've only scratched the surface on frost playbook and next year we'll see some more of the old razzle dazzle mm. uh i'll ask you mac you know that we it was it was really it was really fun watching that Statue of Liberty play, and the the cool thing was that they ran it later on in the game and, and and had a whole different take on it, you know. So that's just one more thing that they put out there on a film that a defense has to get ready for. And it was like the one of the first times I saw that Divine and Washington were in the backfield at the same time. That was the first thing I noticed, and then we ran that play. So um, the one thing that Frost mentioned today. Uh, in the, his press conference, a Monday morning practice, you know, he was talking about we had really good practices the last couple of weeks. Well, what's that mean? He's like, well, we, we put in the game plan, even though we haven't repped these plays in a while, it's within our system, it's within our concept, you know. If you understand the scheme, that you understand how this works. And that's something that was so much better these last couple of weeks that the, the team is starting to grasp what the concepts are within this offense. And once you do that, once your base is, is established, then, yeah, you get to open up the playbook as wide as you want to. Um, it, it, for me, I'm personally just trying to catch up on watching football like this. This is not, this is not the Nebraska I'm used to. Like the, there was constantly formation changes. I've had to watch this game so much to try to find a trend. I, I can't imagine it. So, yeah, I, it, yeah as, as, as the mastery in, de, in, in Adrian Martinez's development continues to grow – Sky's the limit. This is year one versus everybody, and we have a freshman quarterback. And we've already put up, was it three, four, 500-yard games? And we have four. We have four. 500-plus-yard games plus a 480-some-yard game so, against uh, yeah, I mean, this, this, this Out of five, uh, out of seven games. If the, Basically, our two games where we haven't gotten near 500 yards is when we played Michigan or when we played Troy and we were literally down to bunch and, and – so, yeah, oh, I, yeah I, I think the offense will work. You know, yeah. just we'll see how good we get at it. Yeah, so the, a good the thing. answer, the playbook's going to be more wide open and trickery will sure. be a part of that. Absolutely. Uh, so thanks, Nathan. Uh, 
He's a repeat mailbagger, and uh, we have three mailbag questions, so I get to ask one to each of you. This one's going to go to Boomer, Boomer, and uh, this is another repeat mailbagger. This is Eric, and he goes, post-Minnesota uh, mailbagging with Bethune-Cookman coming to town on Saturday. What would you guys like to see in order for this game to be counted as a success? Well, I mean, straight up, you have to win. I mean, that's that's obvious. Um yeah, that's the easy answer. I think we've covered a lot of it. I think we want to see that continued growth and improvement. You know, we finally played a game that I think we're happy with what we saw. Let's not take any steps back, you know, in a game like this. This is a team you, on paper, should overwhelm, you know, pretty easily, you know, given just the disparity in players and roster size and everything else that we've got. So let's see the offense click. Let's see no penalties. There shouldn't be any excuses for you know, players being out of position or having a tough time blocking anyone or whatever it is. So let's cut those penalties down. Let's see the defense, you know, play a good solid game, you know, the way they should. And I'd like to see how soon can we get backups into the game? You know, are we going to, is Bunch or Vedral going to see the field? I think that would be a good mark of success in a game like this. Can they play a quarter, a quarter and a half, maybe even two quarters? That's what I want to see. Let's get some people in. So, Boomer, let me ask you this. If, if, or, or all you guys, actually. Are you glad, you know, based off of last this last week's win, are you glad that we have Bethune-Cookman to play before Ohio State, or do you kind of wish we had the bye week? What, what do you think, as a team, as the team is now, I think, what do you think is best I for I think us? the way the, the season situated itself, it's good to have it now. You know, had our, we're, we're finally coming off that first big win. We have momentum. And you want to keep that going. I don't think, you know, sitting out, sitting home in a bye week would have been great for this team. I think they finally saw what they can do. I think you want to keep that keep that ball rolling. You know, the, the offense is clicking. Let's keep that up. And as far as, you know, injuries and things like that, I don't think we're horribly shaken up where a bye week was going to be critical for anybody to, to need that time to sit out. I, I think it puts us in a better position even compared to, like, Ohio State, who's now got to sit at home for two weeks and stew about how poorly they've played in the last two weeks and have no idea what they're going to do to fix it at this point. So hmm. I, I think yeah, it actually plays to our advantage. I think, that's, I think that's a good point, Boomer. All right, well, thanks, Eric. And our last question, Dave, this one's going to go to you, and this is from mailbag virgin Steve from Chicago. And Steve, he always knows how to win our heart. He starts with big fan. Uh, <laughs> he goes, I made three separate bets with some buddies of mine that are – somewhere between 50 and 100 bucks that the Huskers would win a national championship within three years. So basically by 2020, he goes, am I dumb or will this ship turn around in time to take my friend's money? <laughs> wow. Uh, well, I, I do like uh, the odds and whatnot, uh, follow that type of stuff. But uh, as a futures bet, that is, that is aggressive. Um, if it was the playoff to make the playoff, by 2020 is what we're talking about, especially as we've just raved about Adrian Martinez and Maurice Washington as juniors. They, they could be good enough to potentially maybe win the Big Ten if if we recruit well on the offensive and defensive lines and everything comes together. You could see a, a, a Nebraska team get to the point where you could be Big Ten champions. And if you're good enough to be a Big Ten champion, you got a shot at the playoff. Winning a national championship in year three is a whole nother story because then you have to be able to win in that playoff. So um, I, I would say you might be throwing that, that money a, a, away. It's, it's a tough one. I know Honky probably would disagree with me, but I wouldn't have made those bets myself. I would have at least considered making those bets for playoff, but not winning the whole thing. 
I, I will agree with you, Dave, there. Uh, certainly on the playoff side of it. And, I mean, I'd like to say national titles, but we're going to get to our picks in a few minutes, and I wouldn't trust me for saying that we're going to win <laughs> titles in a couple of years. But, um, but Steve, yeah, that's, that's, it's aggressive. But you know what? Screw it. I like aggressive. Good job, Steve. I hope, I hope you win every one of those bets, man. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so as we move out of the mailbag, I do want to touch real quick on basketball before we get into that pick section because there has been a couple of good things that have happened here in basketball over the last couple of days. Just today, the preseason poll came out, and I don't know, Dave, Boomer, were you guys shocked that we were number 30 in the AP poll, not in the top 25? I, I wasn't shocked. Um, I thought we were going to be borderline. And honestly, I think it's a good thing in the sense that we're in reach of the top 25, but I think that's a little bit of motivation uh, opposed to being ranked 21st like we had with the returners from that NCAA tournament team a few years ago. They're not getting anything this year. So, hey, uh, all it will take is, is one or two good wins to start the season, and we prior in that top 25. But I think it positions them to be motivated. We were able uh, to get a 2020 basketball commit, uh, 6'5", small forward, DeAndre Davis of Indianapolis, Indiana. So that's added to our 2020 class, which I believe also had Williams from uh, Lincoln North Star. Uh, Nebraska ball played at Iowa State on Sunday in a secret game that everyone knows about, so not really secret. Yeah, I even know about it. (laughs) And and Mac doesn't (laughs) even care about basketball, and he knew about it. Uh, We lost 78-74, to but then I heard that it technically was two different games, and we won the second half, and they won the first half, so maybe we didn't lose. I don't know. But Nebraska fans, um, you'll get a chance to see the Huskers with your own eyes here for the first time on Wednesday night. Uh, There's a Husker Hoops preview at Pinnacle Bank Arena, and so – Get over there. The, the open practice begins at 5 p.m., and the team will hold a short scrimmage just after 6. Admission's free. And the first 1,000 fans in attendance will receive a Husker basketball shirt. So so that's wow. well worth it. You right? knew a lot about that. That's well, impressive. I am literally reading that right oh, okay. off a sheet of paper. <laughs> um, I did not remember all that. Um, so And have your pets neutered, folks. <laughs> <laughs> have, your, have your pets spayed and neutered. Um, before we go to picks, Boomer, do you have a trivia question? I do, yeah. It's just um, trivia time. A little something here to kind of get us warmed up for Bethune-Cookman. Uh, as we're all super familiar with uh, Bethune-Cookman, their uh, team uh, mascot, they are the Wildcats, and uh, that kind of got me wondering with the old Simpsons uh, joke where they had a midget football team, they started the Wildcats, and they were playing the Wildcats. Uh, <laughs> how many uh, uh, FBS and FCS schools have the Wildcats as their nickname? Oh, man. FBS Can we just do an over-under? Yeah, well, there, sure. was an, there was an... There was a NCAA basketball championship game where Arizona played Kentucky. I know that was Wildcats versus Wildcats. Yep. And, of course, you have Kansas State. So, right away, you can just say Northwestern. And Northwestern. So, there's four. And, Boomer, were you saying, is this FBS? Yeah, why not? Yeah, you got the FBS ones pretty easily. So. Oh, now you're saying FCS? So, FCS, like I'll Davidson. Eight. Davidson's also the Wildcats. I know that. higher. Dave, it's up to you here. I don't know any more than the the four we just said. So if you got Davidson, at least that's five. I feel like, sheesh. Like, I'm just gonna say seven. <laughs> that's me. I'll just say seven. Well, let, let's go days. with seven. Let's do that, Boomer. Seven. Well, close. The correct answer is ten. So you've got uh, you know the ones you mentioned: the uh, Arizona, K State, Kentucky, and uh, Northwestern. We also have Abilene Christian, Bethune Cookman, Davidson, New Hampshire, uh, Villanova, and Weber State. New so, Hampshire. Yeah. 
Extra points if you can give me the uh, most common mascot in the uh, FBS and FCS division. Bulldogs. Oh, very good. You knew that quite right <laughs> off. So. Wow. I'm impressed. Oh. So yeah. he was all over that. Excellent. I, I too have a lack of imagination. <laughs> <laughs> well, isn't there? Are there three tigers in the in the SEC alone? Yes. Missouri, LSU. Tiger would. Tiger yeah, would have been Auburn. a good guess. Yeah. Tiger would have been a good guess. Redcast predictions. Here we go. Uh, let's <laughs> rapid fire this bad boy. Uh, we have Clemson, a 16 point favorite, going on the road to Tallahassee against Florida State. Honky, start us off. Uh, I'm gonna go with Clemson on the road. I like it, Mac. I will go with Clemson as well. I'm also taking the Tigers. Boomer? Clemson. Excellent. All right, a little closer to home. Whiskey on the road in Evanston, if you can call that on the road. Six and a half point favorites over those Wildcats of Northwestern. Boomer? Let's see. I think we need Wisconsin to win this for us to remain mathematically alive for the the Big Ten West. So let's go Wisconsin. All right, that's good. Honk? I'm going to go with the home Wildcats of Northwestern. <laughs> nice. All right, Mac? So, mathematically, who do we need, Mike? Uh, if Wisconsin win, I think Whiskey. we need Northwestern to lose out, if I remember. Okay, I let's go Wisconsin. Yep. All right. I'll also take Wisconsin. I, Northwestern's a trendy pick here, but um, but they barely beat Rutgers, for goodness sakes. Um, and they shouldn't have beaten us, darn it. So, I'll take Whiskey. All right, uh, got Florida, Georgia. I believe this one is in Jacksonville, right, guys? Uh, this is the world's largest outdoor cocktail party. Mm-hmm. The Bulldogs of Georgia, um, seven-point favorites there in Jacksonville. Mac? I'll take the Bulldogs. Honk? I'll go Georgia with my lock of the oh, week. Oh, I forgot about those already. Lock. Yeah. They need to bounce back. I will also take Georgia. Boomer? Uh, Let's go Georgia. I don't trust Florida yet. We we sweep on the Georgia. Yeah, Florida's ninth in the country. I I don't know why exactly. quite grasp that. Um, All right. Back to the Big Ten. The Hawkeyes are going to Happy Valley. Uh, Great game last year there in Iowa City. Now they're at Penn State. Penn State five-and-a-half point favorites. Boomer? Oh, this one's tough. Stats lean Iowa's way, so I'll have to go Hawkeyes, as distasteful as that is. Nice. All right. Uh, Honk. Iowa shut out uh, Maryland. That's impressive. I, You know what? Iowa's going to win in Happy Valley. That'd be big. That'd be big. Mac? I was going to go with Iowa, but I feel like I could claw back in it with a Penn Stater here. I think it's a good choice, Mac. I think Penn State's uh, getting, you know, beat up here a little bit. Uh, I, I think they have a bounce-back game. I'll take Penn State at home. Big Ten West. Big Ten <laughs> West. You just love Iowa so much, honk. Huh? I do. I'm you. a huge, huge Iowa fan. We all, um, all right. Uh, South Florida uh, at... Ah, Houston. Houston is six and one. South Florida, I think, is still undefeated, if I'm not mistaken, or, or six and one as well, and on, and ranked uh, in the American. Houston's a seven and a half point favorite. Uh, Honky, who do you like? Bulls, the Cougs. I like Ed Oliver, and I guess I, I'll go with uh, Houston. All right, Mac. Uh, I'm going to go with South Florida. All right. There's a lot of tough games out here this week, guys. Actually, that one's tough. That one was tough. tough. Boomer? 
Uh, let's go Houston. Alright, I think... I think I'm going to go Houston as well. I, I just don't know enough about <laughs> South Florida. To, I mean, they're ranked, but I don't know why they're ranked, right? So Yeah, they kind of struggled with UConn this last week, relatively yeah, speaking. Yeah. Alright. Everybody uh, struggles with taking UConn seriously. I, <laughs> I think actually like UConn plays like UMass this week. I was really tempted just to take that for the ridiculousness <laughs> of UConn and UMass playing football, but um, all right, uh, all right, Washington State. How about those Cougars, huh? Jeepers, uh, yeah. Boy, they got out early versus Oregon. They let the Ducks creep back in, but then they're able to shut the door behind Gardner Mishnu. Um, looked like actually the better quarterback out there. The Cougs, though, have a tough task going to Palo Alto, playing Stanford. Cardinal is a three-point favorite. Honky. Well, I wish I could have used this for my lock of the week. Stanford, I think, is going to win it, and I think Washington State is going to have a huge letdown after a big emotional day, ESPN game day there, everything last weekend. I think Washington State has a letdown, Stanford. They have been known to have these letdown games before, so that's a, actually a good point, Honky. You rarely have those in this segment. Uh, Mac- <laughs> I'm going to go for broke with uh, Washington State. They came through for me last week on my lock of the week. I'm gonna, should I lock them in? Yeah. Lock them in. Let's go yeah. Washington State. Right. Yeah. The Cougs, just have boy, just have they can win this one. They, or eventually will be in the driver's seat. Um, I'm also taking Stanford because I just think it's uh, at some point – I. I, I I didn't take the, the Cougars last week, and I regret that, but I'm not going to like just go flip-flop here and, and, and compound the issue. So I'm going to take the Cardinal. Boomer? Stanford. All right. Yes. Uh, another close one here. Uh, the Boilermakers, uh, excited as they could possibly be right now with their victory over Ohio State, heads to East Lansing to take on Michigan State, uh, mm-hmm. who didn't uh, – did they even get 100 yards of offense versus Michigan? Barely, I think. Yeah, it wasn't much, it, yeah. And then wow. the receiver got hurt? Yes. Is that right? Yeah. Uh, Michigan State still is a two-point favorite, though. Um, it's it's the Big Ten, right? Uh, Boomer, I'll start with you. Uh, I'm torn in this one. But, God, Michigan State hasn't looked good, I think. Yeah, let's go with uh, Purdue. I think they're going to pull another upset here. Big Ten West. Honk? Well, I don't even know if that's an upset, Boomer, but... I'm going to go with Michigan State for the same reason I'm doing Stanford. I think Purdue Purdue and Washington State last week both had big emotional home games, and I, I just think it's going to be tough for them to turn around and match that another week. So, Michigan State. All right. Mac? I think Purdue goes in and tries to make a statement and show that they kind of arrived. I'm, I'm going to go with Purdue on this one. Michigan State's struggling. Michigan State is struggling. Um, I'm also going to take the Boilermakers. I, I feel like they still have uh, – they'll still stumble, to Honky's point, down the road here. And they're, they're not going to go on a great run here, but I think they can win this game still. Michigan State is just not sharp this year. Uh, all right, this is another potential upset special. Uh, Texas, three-point favorites on the road in Stillwater against Okie State. Uh, Mac, who do you have? I'll take the Horns. I'll all right. I'm also going to take Texas, and since I'm running out of potential locks, I'll take the Longhorns. Boomer? Ooh, yeah, Oklahoma State's just been disappointing this year, so Texas will trip up somewhere, but not this game. And Honk? 
I must just like the home teams. I don't know what it is, but I'm going to go with Oklahoma State. Okay. Well, hockey, I'll let you lead this one off then. Do you like the home team here with Mississippi State, the Bulldogs, um, taking on the Aggies of Texas A&M, Mississippi State in Starkville, two-and-a-half-point favorites? You taking the Bulldogs, Honk? Man, they screwed me over last week with my (laughs) LSU. They looked horrible. My horrible pick there. Um, it's kind of funny. I have people on post, social media. They post like, "What's Honky thinking when they look at our <laughs> he's look not, at our graphics?" That's your mistake. Like, yeah, that's, that's I see that, around. and I'm like, "You obviously don't listen to the show because you know." <laughs> but whatever. Um, <laughs> I'm gonna go with A and M because man, Mississippi State looked terrible. So I'll go with A and M. That's fair, Mac. Jimbo Fisher Bowl. Yeah, I'll, I'll take them. Yeah, I'm also taking A&M. Mississippi State just looked awful. Nick Fitzgerald has really struggled this year. Um, has not transitioned well into the Joe Moorhead offense. Boomer? Yeah, A&M. I mean, Mississippi State's just such, I think their win against Auburn is just awful. Otherwise, they've scored like less than 10 points in three out of their last four games. Yeah. So, yeah, they're, they're terrible. Yeah, just don't see it. All right, uh, and we then have uh, the game of the week here. Bethune-Cookman. <laughs> The Wildcats of Bethune-Cookman. And they're in Daytona, is that right, Boomer? Daytona, Florida? Uh, Daytona, they are. Yes, yes. correct. Yeah, like, mm-hmm. uh, they should be called, like, the Flyers or something like that, you know, something race car um, Against Nebraska and the spread, I, I wrote down, is a whole lot. I don't think there's an official line on this because of the FCS nature of Bethune-Cookman. Let's start with hockey. Well, I think it would be interesting to see how our offense performs – when Martinez is taken out and I don't anticipate him playing much more than a, you know, hopefully not much more than two quarters tops. So that affects the score a little bit because maybe we do kind of struggle a little bit or, you know, we, we kind of fumble it around a little bit as we're putting guys in that haven't been playing as much. That said, I, I'd like to think that we're going to hit the 42 amount at least by half. I think with Martinez out there, I'll give us 56 points total. And uh, hopefully we can hold these guys. Last week was the first time we held a team under 30 for the year. That was awesome. Uh, let's hold them under 20 here. So I'm going to go 56 to 17. Mm-hmm. All right. That's, that's, that's good. Mac? I, I can track with that kind of line of thinking. I, I, I'm, I'm really hoping if, if we're improving like we've, we've said we are and, and we make the progress each week that we're hoping to, uh, that we can – there's no reason not to think we can get 50 against Bethune-Cookman if we did it against Minnesota. Uh, hopefully keep the points down, but maybe we substitute. It's going to be at home. So um, I'll say f- 50 to, I don't know, 20. 50 to 20. Numbers Man, that can't happen. These are still in all my, all my potential <laughs> scores. Boomer, yeah. what do you got? Yeah, if we struggle in this game, that would just be anything disappointing. So. We ought to be able to put up similar numbers to kind of what we did against uh, the Gophers, I would hope. And so let's go 51 to 14. I think we can hold them under under 20. All right, sounds good. Uh, I, I'm everybody's in the same range because it just that score makes sense. Uh, it seems like Frost uh, offensively, they definitely had more of a killer instinct there last week against Minnesota, going for the jugular. I don't think we're going to let Bethune Cookman hang around at all. Um, I'll say 52 to 21. All right, guys. I like it. I like it. Um, 
let's uh, get out of here with some parting shots. Hockey? Uh, real quick, we had some in-state uh, recruiting updates. And uh, with 2020 Omaha Burke Jr., uh, Xavier Watts got, a, got an offer. That's great. He's the second in-state offer for 2020. And then we even have a 2021, so a sophomore, uh, lineman Teddy Prohaska got offered as well. So uh, for Austin Company, are keeping the in-state, uh, you know, recruiting uh, uh, pipeline coming. But So keep that going. I want to give a kudos to ESPN Game Day Tom Rinaldi on his story from Purdue's Tyler Trent, who is a – uh, he was a student at at, uh, at Purdue. He's now in hospice care because he has terminal osteosarcoma, a rare bone disease. Anyways, he he's kind of become the the guy that the whole team at Purdue has has rallied around. In fact, the day after they beat Nebraska, they took the ball, the game ball, and and gave it to the kid. And they didn't even know if the, if he would be healthy enough to make it to the game. And they were able to get him there. He was up in the the press box for it. It was. I mean, it was a moving, emotional game. Ohio State went into a that, – that, that wasn't a game they were going to win. That, that place was just – there was something magical going on in West Lafayette that night. And it's something that's kind of everything that, that college football is all about. Um, so – and I know I need to get my parting shots uh, quicker. Volleyball had some struggles, but, hey, those were tough games. And the last thing is I was talking <laughs> – <laughs> that's a kind of detailed volleyball breakdown people come to the red cash gosh this works hard there you go and i was talking with my uh, friend iowa kirk and we were we're actually rooting for bama to go undefeated because we don't like the idea of if they lose a game what that could possibly lead to in terms of other sec teams that would work their way into it would be a, it would be a total it, actual playoff. clean the cleanest yeah. thing because we have bad scenarios where three sec teams could get in the best thing is just went out Alabama I'm done all right Mac um I, I just actually want to give a shout out to the Husker fans in the stadium uh Saturday hanging around an 0-6 team from from the my perspective in my living room that crowd was lit almost the entire time and I think you know in this this day and age of uh, of parody and what recruiting advantages you may or may not have. The one thing that Nebraska will always have is fantastic fan support, and that means a lot. So as we get this thing turned around, uh, this can just grow, grow bigger and bigger. So I'm, I'm really proud of the Husker fans. Despite the stupid narrative of people posting or putting out articles about what Frost buyout may be, as if anyone rational would even think about that. So, yeah, good show this weekend, Husker fans. It's, it's only going to get better. Amen to that, Mac. All right, Boomer. Uh, first off, I'd like to give an uh, unrelated shout-out to possibly the best mustache in college football, uh, the Oregon Ducks Threens coach, Aaron Feld. He's been popping around on the social media here and there, some pictures of him, so a few have made our feed as well. So that's a work of art if you haven't seen it, folks. And uh, I'd just like to just sum up that this show's a hell of a lot easier to do when we win, so a guy could get used to this. So maybe we can try this another week or two. Yeah. Why don't we do this more often? It's strange. But yeah, we should have thought of this years ago. So. Let's do a show next week after another victory. All right. Yay! Huzzah! (laughs) Let's call that a Go Big Redcast. Go Big Red. Pete Bethune Cookman.